So with that, we'll, we'll pray. Um, we're going to do all of the Christmas carols afterwards. This, this is a, just a, really more of a devotional on the birth of Christ today. Um, I know sometimes when we do this, visitors have come and said, well, that's a really just a... It's like, no, no, no. These people normally endure me speaking for like an hour every week. And so like, you know, once a year we have a little shortened service. So let's pray and we'll look at Luke chapter 2. Um, Father, we do thank you and praise you for this day. We, uh, Lord, we thank you for the season. We thank you uh, for our, our, our friends and our family, our church family here. Lord, it, it warms my heart coming here today, seeing people uh, festive and, and smiling and, and enjoying uh, this season. And so, Lord, we, we give glory to you. We thank you for the birth of Christ. We thank you. Um, that you, our creator, stepped into existence to live a perfect life um, and then ultimately to sacrifice your life on our behalf. And so we have great joy, Lord, knowing that uh, in you there, there is hope. Uh, in you we, there's the opportunity for forgiveness of sins. And so, Lord, we, uh, we pray for those that don't know you this season. We ask that the gospel would be made clear t- to them and that those that don't know you would see that Christ came and gave his life for us. And it's simply a matter of belief and trusting in him. And so, Lord, we ask that you would uh, do a work in our life. Lord, help us as we look at the, the story of the birth of Christ in Luke chapter 2. And it's in his good name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So Luke chapter 2, verse 1. <clears throat> Now in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph, Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, There has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem 
then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in a manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it has been told them. Father, we do thank you and praise you for the story. We ask that you would uh, guide us and that you would lead us through this passage um, as we quickly, quickly look at it. And it's in Christ's good name we pray. Amen. All right, so we begin. I keep saying quickly because I need to remind myself that I'm not doing the full thing here because once I start talking, I'm prone to just slowing down and really going for it. Um, So we begin with, now in those days, a a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of the inhabited earth. Uh, This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria and everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. So this is a, just a good reminder that when we start out the Gospel of Luke, which we haven't been working our way through the Luke, I always like to go back to the first four verses where Luke reminds us that you know, the things that he is, is writing about, these are the things that there were eyewitness accounts that he interviewed people, that he uh, made a, a, de- a detailed study, and that he went through great pains to, to lay out the story of Jesus in the, I think it says the exact truth, the, ex, the exact outline of the things that had happened. And so um, with that, we see things like in these first few verses. Um, Luke ties everything that happened concerning the birth of Jesus. He, he links it to history. So when he wrote this, for us, it's a couple thousand years ago. But at the time that Luke wrote this, this would be the equivalent of, of us reading something maybe about the, the life of Kennedy and things that happened to him and his assassination. Some of us weren't there for that, but there were many of us who, who I'm not one of them, who, who were there that could say, no, this is exactly what happened. Well, they, not, you know, there's a lot of, mis- that's probably a bad example, but, <laughs> but we could talk about, you know, not all the conspiracy theorists, but we can say that, you know, Kennedy lived and he was president, and we know all of this about him. Here is family members, and these are the things that were said. There might be some, some, some things that we're uncertain of about his death, how it maybe happened, but we know that he actually lived, and he actually died, and he was actually assassinated. He didn't actually rise from the dead, like this story. Um, but, but, but everything is set in history. This is set around factual. If you were trying to make up some story, you wouldn't link and anchor it to factual events that people could check. Uh, and, and Luke does, in fact, tie everything to history so that when we go back and there's archaeologists and dig in for, for evidence, and uh, there's evidence there. Um, and so this is a time there's a census. So our story's kind of bounced around as we've, the last few weeks, if we look at the birth story. We, we started in Jerusalem at the temple, and we see the announcement of John the Baptist, uh, six months prior to the announcement that Mary got. Uh, so after we went from Jerusalem, we went up to Nazareth. This is where, where Mary uh, was met by the angel, and she was told that she was to give birth to a child. 
Um, and she says, well, I'm not even married. How is this possible? And, well, since you asked, here's the story. And the angel informs her of all of the news. And after she gets the news, the angel says, and here's a sign for you. Your, your relative, uh, Elizabeth, who is old and she's barren, she's now in her fifth month of pregnancy or sixth month of pregnancy at the time so that you can see this miracle that happened. And so the story last week that we looked at, she went from Nazareth down to somewhere in this region to meet with Elizabeth. We're told that she spent three months there and there was sort of confirmation of everything. And so now we find ourselves back up at Nazareth and we're told that there was a census that was done. I, I noticed that, um, you know, we do things differently, but, but yesterday I was at the mall and I see they're hiring people to take the 2020 census. This is something that governments have, have done historically and over and over again uh, for taxes, for um, making sure that they're recruiting their military guys. And so yet again, there's a historical event where they need to take a census. And so you did this by going to your birthplace. And so we're told that Joseph, now who is betrothed to Mary, they're, they're not married, but they're, they're betrothed, which was an engagement that, that carried far more weight than our engagements carry. To, to break an engagement means that you needed to, to have a divorce, essentially. And so legally, they needed, as a family, to go and get the census. And so we're told that he's of the household of David, and so he makes his way down to Bethlehem, which is, or I see I said it backwards, Bethlehem, Jerusalem, it's going up, regardless of which way you're going, and so they went up, it says that he went up to Bethlehem, because he's of the household of David, um, to register with Mary, who's pregnant, not his child, and they're not, they're not married, they haven't had sexual relations, and um, they go down to Bethlehem, if we were looking at the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 2.5 tells the same story. It's a, it's a helpful reminder to show, to show you that prophecy was being fulfilled. If you were to go to Micah 5.2, you would see that there was prophecy that all of this would unfold in Bethlehem. Uh, moving on to verse 6, we read, While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, which I'll just pause. This is... This was the first of Mary's children, not her only child. Um, and she, was, she wrapped him in clothes and she laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So we see that the, from the other accounts, we know that the, uh, the, the town was at capacity. There, there was no place for them to stay. They, they found a place. Um, it, it goes without saying, this is... Not an ideal situation to have a, ba- a baby um, on a road trip. She, she's on this road trip. She's a young girl. She has this baby. And as Jesus enters the word world this, this week, as I've been thinking about this text, um, the, the old uh, Christmas carol, you know, Silent Night, has been sort of in my mind. Um, there's one line in that, that song that says, Lord at thy birth. And so for us, when a baby is born, it's, it's, a, it's a new thing. It's an exciting thing. It's, it's this, this creation is coming into existence. But for Jesus, this, this, he has always existed in eternity past. He was Lord at his birth. When we uh, look at Bible verses like in Colossians, it, it speaks of Jesus being the one that, um, that spoke creation into existence. Um, 
Paul in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 7, he writes this, um, Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men. And so as Christ is born in a manger, this the, the bigger than just the, the manger, bigger than them not having a place to stay, is you have God stepping into human history and, and really is the ultimate example of humility. Um, while we think it's great to be human, to be God, to step into human creation, this is a, this is a huge step down. And so we see his example that he set for us in this humility in his birth that would lead all the way through his life and ultimately to the cross where he would pay the ultimate sacrifice uh, for us. And so while this is happening in verse 8, we see we, the scene kind of shifts over to out in the, uh, a field somewhere in the same region. There were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood there before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terribly frightened. Again, an angel appears with an announcement. This isn't normal. Um, the, The natural reaction when a human encounters any form of deity is fear. Because we recognize our sinful nature. We recognize um, how small we are in light in in comparison to to these divine beings. And so they're terrified. But the angel said to them in verse 10, Do not be afraid, before behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And so this good news is where we get the, the word gospel from. And, and the, the good news of this all is this Savior came into the world uh, to, to make provision for this great divide that we have, which is sin. When Adam and Eve sinned, uh, it, it created a problem for all of humanity. It spread through DNA. And that all of us, because we are genetically sinners, we sin. And that creates a problem. There's, there's something within us. That, that, that there's a void. There's, there's a distance between us and God. Uh, back in Genesis 3.15, God makes his promise, I'm going to make a way to restore this relationship that I had with my creation. And so at all, all of this announcement, all of this waiting, this anticipation that the Jewish people had um, that we look back to, that we realize that God entered human history uh, for, for us uh, to, be, to be a savior. Well, how did he do that? Well, he went through his 33 years of life and then on the cross, as the weight of the world's sin, past, present, and future was laid upon him, we're told that God's wrath was satisfied in that. And basically through that, then a gift is presented to all of us. And and the gift is basically he did this for us. Just because he did it, it doesn't make it effectual in your life. You have to receive the gift. And so there's this, God is sitting there saying to you, you have sin and your sin requires judgment and you will face eternity apart from me. 
But the opportunity presented to you is that I have given my life for you. And if you receive the gift, you're made whole. Your, your sin is cleansed. There's an exchange between us that my righteousness becomes your righteousness. And your sin, the guilt that is on you, has now been placed on me. It, it's almost too simple. And I think that's why we have such a hard time, because it doesn't fit our economy. Our economy says, if you do something for me, then I, I, well, I don't have my wallet on me, but I give you something, or I, you, know, you give me a Christmas card, that means I have to give you a Christmas card. Like, w- our whole economy is based that way, and this breaks all of the rules of everything. He says, no, I did this for you. There's nothing you can do for me. Simply believe. I want a relationship with you. And it's beautiful. Then we go on to verse 12. It said, this will be a sign for you. And you will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angels a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying. And so now as they're there, this angel speaking to them, they get like this sort of this, this glimpse into heaven about what's happening behind the scenes as Christ is born. And I do believe that we see an example of our worship. You know, we sing these songs, Christmas carols, uh, week in and week out, we sing songs here, but, but it's an act of worship. We're praising our creator uh, for the things that he has done for us. And so verse 14, we read, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men whom he is pleased. And so we see this glory to God, this uh, rejoicing, exalting, praising God for the things that he's done. Through this, uh, there's peace amongst men through the provision that he's provided. Verse 15, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then, of of course. (laughs) Like this all happens. What are they going to do? Well, let's just take a nap, you know. Let's... (laughs) No, no, like this, you saw what I saw? Yeah, I saw what you saw. Uh, let's go, exactly. And so they go. And, and so when the angels had gone away, let's go straight to Bethlehem, then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Uh, they go to Jesus, they investigate for themselves. So verse 16, so they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. So they show up outside of this house. You know, there's all kinds of speculation about what this manger is. Clearly, it's not where people are supposed to be. And they say, you'll never guess what we just, what happened. And I bet Mary and Joseph are like, yeah, try us. Like, (laughs) (laughs) you meet Gabriel? Yeah, we met Gabriel. Like, and so they share everything. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. And they're just in awe of these claims. They're seeing it firsthand. And we're told that verse 19, but Mary treasured all of these things. Mary from the very beginning has always operated by faith. And she just, like a mother at the birth of her child is going to treasure the moment. But this is like different. To take all of this in is more than the mind can handle. And so she just, treasured them, pondering them in her heart, um, just, you know, taking all of the mental snapshots of, like, what was going on so that she would never forget. And then we're told in verse 20, the shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as 
had been told them. And so they, re- they respond to the good news. You, they they're explain the good news. They hear the good news. They go. They investigate the facts for themselves. And then they respond. They, they, they clearly believed. And so I do think that there's, there's sort of a, there's a flow to that, that have you heard the good news? Have you heard about Jesus? Have you rejected without doing any research or have you like actually done some research? And I do th- believe that the evidence is, is there for you to respond. It's always going to be by faith. Whatever you do, if you reject, it's by faith. If you respond, it's by faith. And you take the evidence that you have. Um, but I would suggest to you that there's overwhelming evidence. There's a case for Christ, not just the book, but in reality, there's, there, there's, a, there's a case um, that Jesus came, he fulfilled all of this prophecy, and all of this was provided so that we as humanity would be able to respond, that we would be able to have new life and relationship um, with Christ. So with that, I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas and let us give glory to God by concluding. Very brief message. I did it. Putting myself in a polyester coat where I'm melting up here was very helpful. Um, But we're going to sing a few songs and just really rejoice um, at what God has done now. But let's let's stand and then I'll pray. The worship team can come forward. And as they come forward, I'll pray. All right, let's pray. Father, we do thank you and praise you for this day. Lord, we thank you for the, the, the wonderful gift of salvation that has been provided to us in Christ. Uh, Lord, these are... These are huge things that are hard for us to take in. And so, Lord, this week as we celebrate the birth of Christ through Christmas, uh, there are so many traditions that, that we celebrate that are, that, that are kind of you know, wrapped around uh, the, the huge theological truths of Christ that maybe aren't a part of the Bible story. And so, Lord, we pray that you would help us to sift through all of that and to really look at the claims of the, of the scriptures and archaeology and history uh, to see that um, the evidence is there that supports that Jesus is indeed the Christ and that he lived his life in a way um, that fulfilled many prophecies and that ultimately as he went to the cross, Lord, uh, he did it for us. And so, Father, I do pray that you would help us Lord, to, to live our lives in a way that's pleasing to you. May we glorify you through all uh, that we do and think. Lord, help us to walk with you day by day closely. And it's in Christ's good name we pray. Amen.